Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 318 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, uh, Commander Phoenix Tafire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me at the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edelweiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Would you like to see my large purple snake? Uh-huh. Off to a good start. Uh, and we have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. We also have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Suvery. What up? Mm-hmm. And finally, um, joining us is uh, the Tech Gibbon, Chris Mark IV, uh, doing our tech for tonight. Hello to everybody. Right, so, well, as per usual, we will, well, we'll just say that is anybody flying around uh, Lave Station today? I am no? literally pulling into Lave at the moment. Right. So if you wish, you can join uh, Ben as he hangs out in-game, in open at uh, at Lave Station, near the planet Lave. Do we have a destroyed Ben, Bounty? Uh, I am no. in an orange snake, actually. I just have a purple tip. <sighs> just what we needed. If you can't get to us in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio. Also, we're available on YouTube and Facebook running at the same time. So if you put any comments in there, it actually still comes through to us and we can still read your helpful, uplifting criticism. So we'll quickly go around the crew, see what they've been up to for the last week. Uh, So we'll start with uh, Commander Souverine this week. Uh, we're still locked down here, so I haven't done anything interesting. I had a couple of uh, my D and D session with uh, some friends on Friday, and then the one that I'm doing with some uh, some people that I work on one of the magazines with on Thursday, um, which was great fun. Um, but I'm finding that 40% of the week taken up with D and D is possibly a little bit a little bit toppy. Um, and uh, other than that, it's um, uh, it's been quite a busy week for me work wise. Work wise, I've had quite a lot of editing to do. Um, so uh, looking forward to getting some more free time towards the end of this week. Excellent. Right, Commander Shan, how have you been this week? I haven't been doing too badly, thank you, Colin. Um, Let me see, this week I was uh, collecting my shiny new frameshift drive Mm -hmm. as a reward from the CG and then engineering it and finding out it um, gave my crate phantom a nice range boost. Um, so much so, I think my Crate Phantom is now my favourite exploration ship. Um, it's only five year, only five light years less jumpy than my Max Jumpy Anaconda, and much much nicer to fly in Super Cruise. So yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was quite a nice bonus, really. So yeah, it was it, it was it was nice to have a nice imbalanced um, premiership drive for people. <laughs> I'm sure we'll come on later. Um, in real life, what was I up to? Um, probably not much, really. I was trying to locate and trying to sort Christmas out for this year. I know it's difficult, but we've kind of decided that we want a grumpy Christmas this year. Um, everybody's going to have a grumpy Christmas, whether they like it or not. No, 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 no. This is a purposely grumpy Christmas because what we don't want to do, because we usually have about 15 or 16 people around our house for Christmas and Mm -hmm. it gets very expensive and very tiring and very messy and noisy and chaotic. 
when all we really want to do is just chill out and just relax and have some family time. So we're actually quite liking the fact that it will be socially distanced and quiet this year because it gives us a chance to uh, not just um, save some money, but also to actually uh, unwind towards the end of the year. So, yeah, we've been doing doing the Christmas things. Excellent. That's, that's really good news. Um, ben, what have you been up to? So, like Suv, I've also been doing some RPG stuff with, uh, but this has been with Wishblend and Atris and a couple of other folks. Um, we're lucky in that we've, we're going maybe about once a month, maybe, depending mm-hmm. on Wishblend's availability. Um, but I got, I got myself a very, well, <laughs> so in, in our session of, of this, I won a giant multi-cannon thing that mm. Atrus basically really, 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 really wanted. Is this, the, is this the Elite Dangerous RPG you play? This is EDRPG, yes. Yeah, the, the EDRPG. Yeah. Yeah. And do you still go by the uh, pseudonym of Daddy, by the way? No, no. And I don't do that in EDRPG. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I, I won that very, very big gun, and then I traded my massive weapon for Atrus's tiny weapon. And I'm much happier, and Atrus is much happier, so everybody's happy. Okay. Um, uh, what else? Yeah? No, didn't you have trouble with um, um, a ball of speed? I, I did have trouble with a ball of speed. Um, a, so on Saturday, uh, it was speedball this weekend, on Saturday and Sunday, and on Saturday I decided to take my hand at trying to um, you know, fly very quickly towards a planet and not die. Mm-hmm. And I managed to fly very quickly towards a planet. Okay. I, Part one of the plan. Tick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I managed to get within about five kilometers, I think it was, of where we were meant to be, including being five kilometers away from um, a, a certain Mr. A. Turner. Um, okay. Who had been saying, you know, he was basically been challenging me to try and hit him. Mm-hmm. So he he didn't feel particularly scared. Yeah. Um, and 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 then I failed at the not dying part repeatedly. Ah, right. So you failed to miss the ground. I failed to miss the ground. Right. Did okay. you wave the petunias on the way past? I I saw a whale, but no petunias. But they yeah. might have been a bit too small. Oh, well, gravity always gets me down. No. Um... So, and uh, on Sunday, I had a. Um, so, my, that was my Saturday, and my Sunday again was spent in Elite Dangerous. Uh, but this time, myself and my flatmate both got new copies of Elite from Epic, mm-hmm. and we joined the tens of thousands of other people at Dromi and other places around the New Bubble. Yeah. And we did that for. Most of the day. Oh, that's uh, nice. I think you know we we even though he was my flatmate and we were in the same house, we were on Twitch and think we were on Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, had a, <laughs> that, had a that that is very bobble hat. That is Seriously, <laughs> if you were in the next room, you were it's in the easier next talking room. on a mic. We've both got microphones and things like that. It's easier <laughs> talking on that than shouting down the stairs. Yeah, to be fair, that 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 does make sense. Is was he a virgin, Commander? Um, it, it, yes, and- this was his very first time in Elite Dangerous. Uh, all he's hey, ever done, nice. All he's ever done before is see me playing it. He's 
Uh, he's a professional over, um, yeah, Overwatch player. So he oh, plays right. he plays esports in Overwatch, uh, and but he's been he's seen me in Elite Dangerous, and I was actually quite pleased that you know for the for I've been watching him doing things in Overwatch, and he's been you know just running around killing stuff, and I'm like I don't even know what the hell you did there. Mm-hmm. It was nice to get my own back a little bit, where he's like, "Yeah, I don't even know how the hell you just did that." Yeah, so I'm sort of busy. Like uh, we would do, like you know, when you go and do the oh the data the data missions where you have to scan something on the planet from your ship. Yes. So you know, I basically I sort of go down, bounce off the ground with my shields on, bounce back up, scan the thing, and get the hell out of there. And he's like, "How hmm. the fuck did you do that?" Yes. But then again, <laughs> running around in Overwatch, you've got to know the oh, game gotcha. inside out. I'm, I've got yeah. Overwatch. I've yeah, played I've it Overwatch. twice. I'm scared. I'm scared yeah. to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got Overwatch. On. I've played it with my son, and I've played some casual maps. Oh, um, and I even got Man of the Match once. But yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it wasn't by yourself. So <laughs> no, I, I was probably playing with a bunch of 10-year-olds. That's how, how you like to spend your Friday night. <laughs> oh no, I'm we're not going there. No, uh, ben, yeah. were, were you a helpful tutor, or did yes, you? I, no, I, I was a helpful tutor, and whilst oh. I was helping him, <clears throat> I was also helping other people in system chat as well. I could be a helpful tutor. You want to go and get, make sure you've got E for everything drives, just like a certain Commander Wotherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's it's it, it, there's two approaches to teaching players in elite, isn't there? There's the you hold their hand and you show them step by step, or you show them the um, elite classic, which is which is toss them in the cold vacuum of space and, and see what they do. They, watch them slowly asphyxiate. Yeah. That, that sounds very much like the difference between the open palm and the closed fist approach to uh, uh, to helping people out. Hmm. Oh, no, I mean to be honest, oh, watching the Twitch chat, not the Twitch chat, the system chat, most people were being very nice and helpful to people who were asking questions. Mm. Um, well, you must admit that um, the newbie area does help, because otherwise yeah. it'd be a ganker's paradise, wouldn't it? What? Are, how do you get yeah, an anaconda in there? Well, no, we in the sorry, and um, to to anybody who's not. Um, Who's, who's new to Elite Dangerous, back in the old days, uh, there wasn't this newbie area. And basically, every new commander would start off in one of two <laughs> places, and they would leave the station, and if they were dumb enough to be in, in open mode, there'd be about six or seven ships already just to blow them up, just to teach them a lesson. And then 90 90% of the time, the commander would go, well... Don't think I like this elite dangerous thing. I was told the game. <laughs> this has been quite a shit experience. <laughs> yes, uh, that's that's one of the reasons they put the newbie area in is to stop the jump gate yeah. syndrome. So, yeah, not very elite, is it? Having this nice little paddling pool. Yeah, well, every every MMO really needs a little paddling pool area, just for people to to. To learn how to take their their um, inflatable wings off. Actually, so, one thing that I never realised was mm-hmm. just outside of the paddling pool, there's mm-hmm. a shitload of white dwarfs ready to wait and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Did not know that. 
Uh, no, I went off and I... Because one thing I never realized that like, you could do, because I got the mission to come... You know, dear, dear Ben, you're welcome to go outside the area. And I'm like, well, I'm not going outside the area. I'm teaching my flatmate stuff, so we're staying in mm -hmm. here. And mm -hmm. it's like everywhere I landed, it was like, have 100,000 credits if you go out the area. I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have 100,000 credits. So I wound up leaving there with about eight or nine invitations to leave the area and 100,000 credits. So right. And reminding me of that bloke off the breakfast club. I like the starter area because uh, I keep getting older, but the starting area commanders, they just stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, Suv is trying to get me swatted. Um, yeah, this yeah. is the creepy level five, thank you. Uh, so I was like, you know, I was scooting around all the places that are one or two jumps away from the noob area, trying to, you know, just get, get all these things done. Mm -hmm. And everywhere I was trying to get to, it was like, well, you can one jump, and then you've got to then, even though you don't have it ticked in your selected stars, mm -hmm. there's a white there's a white dwarf, oh. and or yeah, it's a white dwarf. It's not even a neutral white dwarf. That is ev um, evidence that the that the galaxy was created, not just evolved. Because the fact is that deliberately put in white dwarfs around the starter area yeah. to make sure to kill all the starters. Yeah. Um, although, although to being serious for a minute, the re I always found when I help players and stuff, you know, when not yeah, just back, back when you actually help players, I do help players. I'm really helpful. Anyway, a um, mythical I'll, dream state in which you actually help someone. No, this is Shan's version no, no, no. of a few really players by showing them the rebuy screen, as Kaizen saying. No, no, Shan's <laughs> version of the fuel rat. You wait yeah. for the run out of fuel. You say, "Oh, if only you don't run out the fuel rats." Anyway, um, there's a, there's a fine balance, though, isn't there, between helping a player out, like teaching them to fish, so to mm -hmm. speak, and giving them a lifetime load of fish. No, um, so, so that's really yeah, we'll be coming on to something similar to that later in the show. But meanwhile, I, I'm going to interrupt here and say everyone's forgotten about me. So I think I should say what I've been up to this week. So, Colin, how are you doing? Well, you still got lucky. How you tell us about your week. Well, um, I've been catching up on power play because because I'm still recovering from COVID. Uh, my power play um, commander has done nothing for two weeks, which basically meant that I had nothing in the bank. So I've had to effectively start from scratch. And, um, yep, thoroughly enjoyed that got interdicted by a couple of players and outran them and ran away and stuck my and basically stuck my virtual uh, tongue out of them as running which is always good um let's see i got my other commander uh back from uh the call sack <laughs> uh that was fun uh, and I've now decided that this uh, triple elite commander which uh <laughs> ironically i hit triple elite the day before I went down with COVID, that, yeah. that, that, I had this horrible feeling that that would have been on my uh, my tombstone. Well, at least he got triple elite. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. His life was given of... meaning towards the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. really nice sentiment. Colin died getting triple elite. You know, that's, that's a really nice sentiment. <laughs> we, you know, we, we could have that at your memorial at LaveCon. You know, we, we... <laughs> triple elite would have killed lesser men. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, of course uh, I've done the same as I think everybody else and gone on got the epic store 
got a brand new email address and uh, got a free alt, which I'm trying to work out what to do with, to be honest. <laughs> so is the, with, with the free alts on the Epic Store, you can't just, um, you have to create a new Epic account and then uh, with yes. a new email address. You, well, you can't. No, you, you can't do not. Use an email. Oh, because, okay, so 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 context to the question. My Epic account is assigned to the same email as my Frontier account. Does that mean I need a new? I need to create a new Epic account with a different email address, or change no. my the email address that's associated with my Epic account? No, 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 you don't. Sweet. Are we going to come on to this in a bit, Colin? Yes, we will do. Okay. Um, uh, apart from that, I've been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy fifteen for some reason. Thoroughly enjoying it, and. Um, uh, let's see what else. Yeah, real life is well, real life. So, <laughs> why do you think I play so many computer games? <laughs> How many finals there are in Final Fantasy? Isn't there? Because it's Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, why didn't it look like nearly Final Fantasy fifteen? Oh, that's an old joke. That's a, that's almost as old as how long it took to write Final Fantasy fifteen. They still keep going, don't they? Anyway, well, there's sixteen coming out soon, but. Uh, Yes. Anyway, so we will we will draw a line under the the wonderful achievements of the crew this week, uh, and we'll go into. Before you do I'm... that, I want to say one more thing. Oh, okay then, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I I had been poking you, but you, I didn't want to go too far ahead. Uh, I've also um, I I felt the mood to go and visit something old, shall we say? And I've been mm-hmm. revisiting the. Uh, I've been re- revisiting Baldur's Gate and saying hello to Boo. Ah, yes. I've been enjoying your screenshots from Baldur's Gate. Uh, well, Baldur's Gate. I, yeah, the Baldur's Gate one. What I can't get over is the map screen. I can expand up to the full glorious 4K, and mm-hmm. it looks absolutely shit, but I can do it. <laughs> the menu screens are like a little postage stamp on my monitor. Yeah. I can't see anything. I need a. I'm needing a magnifying glass to try and read the text. Yeah. Um. And it's like, oh, geez. I just. I can't make it. You know, I just can't make that window any any larger and scale it up. It's. 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 Oh, wow. But apart from. Uh, yeah, apart from not being able to read any of the text, it's still. It was Baldur's Gate. It's D and D. It's fun. Oh no! It's second edition. D and D. If you yes. go to, if you go and try and cut, well, as Souverino told, what version are you playing, Souv? Is it five? Uh, fifth, yeah, yeah, fifth. It's completely different. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we're just old fossils compared to what five is now. Well, <laughs> I think how how, uh, how how does it differ? Like, is it just is it mechanically, <laughs> or, or is it in in the lore and stuff as well? Oh no, no, the lore—the lore is exactly the same, except if they're trying to wipe Dragonlance off the off the face of the of the of the canon. But um, Dragonlance was great. I loved the Weez and Hickman books. Well, yeah, funny you mention that. Um, just as a quick aside, the reason that I say that is that there were supposed to be three new Dragonlance uh, books, as by Tree uh, Weez and Hickman, coming out. Um, soon but uh if you know your D, you will find out that they've cancelled the entire trilogy even though they're a book and a half in right. and there's a whole load of yeah I'm there's a, 
Oh no, uh, there is a whole load of controversy and a and a, a massive lawsuit which is now in progress against mm. Wizards of the Ghost uh, on behalf of the authors. And to tell you the truth, as far as Dragonlance is concerned, people are thinking that this is the final nail in the coffin. You will mm. never get any more Dragonlance now, which um, is an absolute shame because that it was one of my favourite D and D if you like. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Uh, well, bef- before we move any further on, I also want to give Commander CB Bits a shout out, and he's new to Elite Dangerous, new to our new to Live Radio. So, hello and welcome, Commander 07 and and stuff like that. Yeah, we do welcome. actually eventually get around to talking about Elite Dangerous. I promise. Welcome, CB Bit. Yes, um, we do. Don't. Don't get put off by some of the old people talk. We 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 do get round to elite dangerous eventually. If you uh, <laughs> if you stay listening for the full hour, then Ben will send you pictures of his purple python. If you stay listening for the full hour, we'll take away your purple python. Right. Well, let's move on for development news. Well, starting this week, every Wednesday uh, at fifteen. Uh, hundred hours GMT or three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, the CM team are going to start an Ask Me Anything thread on the forums. Uh, forum users can post questions, which will be answered by the CMT, the CM team, the community management team, to the best of their knowledge. And yeah, that that's going to be um, <clears throat> interesting. I can't so wait. It's going to be so. You can't wait. Right. So many, so many questions. So I, I, I'm waiting for the Shan. Um, the Shan monologues, I think. <laughs> no, I'm uh, it's good. This is my New Year's resolution. This is my chance to find out Arthur's inside leg measurement. Okay. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, today there was a um, a Twitch stream. Now, the first thing that happened with this which is why Ben is so proud about having a purple python, is that um, they did a Twitch drop. I've never heard of Twitch drops before, but um, they did. If you stayed with the Twitch stream for, um, I think, 15 minutes, you got a certain paint jobs uh, for, no, what was it? You got your the purple engines and purple, purple engines. No, purple no. engines were for the whole hour. Yeah. No, no, that was the actual no. skins. No, the skins were 15 minutes. The SRVs and fighters were 30 minutes. The engines and the guns were an hour. Oh, right. Fair enough, then. Um, (laughs) I had it running in the background, so I know I've got all three, but um, I wasn't able to actually catch most of the stream because I was... Did um, you claim them? Have you claimed them already? um, Not yet. Then you're too late. (laughs) What? (laughs) You had to claim them by 8 o'clock. Oh bum! Never. Mind. <laughs> it's just the it's it's just the vibrant purple. They haven't yeah. created a new thing for it. It's, it's just the vibrant. Oh, I've got I've got them all them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, I've got oh, I've well, got them for all the ships I actually fly. Mm. Ah, well, what amazes me is the um the sheer number of. Oh, we're we're, we're probably going to go on to yeah. this later, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We'll talk about It'll it. be the next item. Don't worry. But yes, the number of people watching that Twitch stream—that's the most I've ever seen. It was over ten thousand at points, almost eleven thousand. And I'm there going, "Wow, it's amazing how much they come for free stuff." Yeah, free digital things. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, was there anything interesting in that Twitch stream? 
because obviously I, uh, I missed it because I have this thing called work, which <laughs> I can't, I can't actually sign out and and I say. Uh, a thing called work. It's a horrible four-letter word. I know. Uh, I don't think there was anything interesting. I watched it. I had it on in the background because I thought that. But I, I saw that I saw somebody said that there were thousands and thousands of, li- of viewers, and I was like, "Oh wow, I'd better go and check out if there's a, like a big announcement or something." Because I normally don't watch those streams. No, I watched the whole thing without, and I thought, oh, "I can't be bothered to do the trip Twitch drop thing because it's stupid." And then, uh, and then I watched the whole thing and found out that the, all the numbers were just for the Twitch drop; they weren't for anything else. There wasn't a big <laughs> announcement. <laughs> I felt so robbed. <laughs> yeah, it, it did feel a bit. Um, yeah. As, as Alec, yeah, Alec Turner was just saying, "Well, I can, I can sum up the the last stream in one sentence: Twitch drop, Twitch drop, Twitch drop, Twitch drop, and that was it." <laughs> we got to see Stephen being uh, being crap at Elite for a bit as well. Although I don't think he was actually noticeably crap this time, was he? No, he wasn't. He was he was doing all right. I mean, he was in the newbie area, but then that's what they were doing. Hmm. Um, Hiding. They were just they were flying around, running missions, and you know just. Playing the game, basically. Well, they, they were quite. They were quite sensitively. Um, they, they were. They were replicating. Well, they were doing the new player experience, weren't they? Yes. And Stephen which does was, do the new player good. experience very genuinely. He's been doing the new player experience for for two years now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen. We need to. We should. We should behave. Yeah. Well, just because. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just because they jumped in after Thargoids with uh, with no idea how to deal with them, that put the I do think they get a little bit of of stick. But yeah, docking is really hard. To be fair, I've never seen him crash docking. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. I, I'm, I'm making it a bit of a meme when it shouldn't be. I'm sorry, Stephen. <laughs> It's funny the, the people in the Twitch in the Twitch in, in the Twitch chat is, is actually agreeing with you that um, yeah the newbie area seemed to suit Stephen quite well. Uh, Kai in chat says he went to the wrong area, then got a fine for accidentally jettisoning, jettisoning his cargo in a station. <laughs> so wow, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Do you think we should we should just save up and send him a couple of L plates, <laughs> or, or basically we get a three D printed model of a cobra and have it painted with little L plates on it? Yeah, yeah, just, or a T shirt with yeah something like that. The, the elite symbol with an L on it. Yeah, I, I wondered whether or not I could send that uh, send a spare model of mine down to Beetlejuice so that she could do a big. Um, <laughs> yeah, learner cobra for him, <laughs> or or a learner sidewinder. It'll have to be a learner sidewinder, won't it? Uh, I think it probably would be. Yeah. Be, <laughs> I, I think upgrading from the sidewinder requires uh, earning money and achieving goals in Elite Dangerous. So I imagine it would be a sidewinder. Yeah, but in, in other news, Stephen, we do actually like you. We're only teasing. <laughs> Anyway, um, of course, the big news that happened this week is on Thursday, Elite Dangerous came to the Epic Store. And not just the Epic Store for the first week until the 26th of uh, November. So if you've got this before Thursday, you'll still be able to grab a free copy of Elite Dangerous on the Epic Store. And... To say, I'd, I'd say this has been a fantastic success because when I got hold of my um, 
my free sidewinder and went around the newbie area. I have never seen so many sidewinders since the alpha. It was it was chock a block full of people. And I thought that was great. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, there there was a couple of uh, there was an hour maybe an hour and a half where there was a, a some issues that they needed to to iron out but after that bang it it seemed to be really really good the value um, proposition is remarkable like until uh, until very recently horizons was root, horizons was what 20 quid 30 quid the base game was 20 quid yeah. undiscounted um and then all of a sudden it's gone from it was discounted to 4 pounds for um first of all they rolled horizons into the base game and then they discounted it to four quid on humble and then it was and then the whole lot was completely free so the value proposition for elite is just absolutely rocketed in about one month yeah um yeah i feel sorry for anybody who (laughs) who a couple of months ago went well i'll give this elite dangerous a try i'll I'll also plug in for horizons as well 40 pounds yeah um so yeah so, in other words, uh, the fuel rats on Twitter said that, according to our rescue stats, it seems that a couple of people are getting elite on the Epic Game Store. Um, <laughs> those numbers broke all fuel rat records: five hundred and twenty-two successful rescues in one day. Oh, wow, that's a <laughs> now. For those of you who do not know who the fuel rats are, we I think we've got an advert which will tell you what they are, what they do. But uh, effectively, these are the the basic what you can consider the fuel angels of elite uh, dangerous roadside, roadside rescue aren't they? They're the AA. Yeah, yeah. The, they will basically if you run out of fuel, uh, you haven't been watching your fuel gauge. Um, you contact their their Discord and say, oh, "I've run out of fuel and I'm here," and they will turn up genuinely and give you fuel for free and Re- help, regardless of where you are. Regardless of Regardless, where you are in the galaxy, they, 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 they have people from everywhere. Yeah, so um, that is a, a newbie tip number one. I'll up with the seven second rule, but um, oh, and don't fly without rebuy. <laughs> so Ben, how did you manage to get your uh, Epic account working? So, like Suv, I had my my Epic account was yeah. I got I got my Epic account ages ago when I was playing. Uh, for playing and oh, uh, Unreal tournaments like the new version of Unreal Tournament on it, you know. So even before it was actually an Epic Store and things like that, I still had it. So I've I've had my Epic, I've had the Epic account for absolutely ages, and you know I'm using the same account for my Epic as I am for my just account. Hmm. So I I bought the game up. Well, I got the game for free, obviously. Downloaded yeah. it oh so slowly. Yes, it was thing. quite slow. <laughs> yeah. uh, launched it and I got the. Would you like to link your account? Would you like to link your Epic account to an existing Elite Dangerous account, mm-hmm. or would you like to use? Sorry, would you like to link your account, or would you like to use an existing account? Yes, I, so, I think they're a bit confusing buttons. That is really yes, they are they, because yeah. yeah, you need to yeah. link the account. You don't use the existing account because otherwise. Yes. Yeah, you, you, you get a free game for your existing commander. Yay! Exactly, and that's not why you want it. That's okay, not so, what you wanted. So you, so you so link you, account, not using. You click, yes, you click link account, and on that one, I I did aid.lovice plus epic as my email address. Say, I'm deliberately using a non-existing email address. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Aid.lovice at epic plus epic at gmail.com. 
I just used, you know, how Gmail lets you add in plus things or to your email address. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you do things. that? You, do, before the at gmail.com, do you just put so plus something else? You, let's say your your email, your, your Gmail is souverine at gmail.com. Yeah. You would do souverine plus elite dangerous mm-hmm. at yeah. gmail.com or yeah. souverine plus epic at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically all emails going to Souverine plus Epic still go into Souverine at Gmail, but you get to see that came into that specific one. So it's a yeah. handy way to to filter out things that you, you know, that you, so you know this is coming from Epic or you know it's coming from Dangerous or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, Ben, have you just doxed yourself? No, I haven't because my right. email address isn't that. Ah, oh, right. There you go. Uh, um, so I, I think. I think there were certain people noting down that address in the hope of causing In the mischief. hope of going off and, yes. In the hope of think. sharing their purple pythons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That is, that is, a never end, that is going to be a never-ending joke from now on. <laughs> it, it, it almost certainly is. Yes. Um, so I, I then got an email address to an email from Frontier saying, click on this. I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went into the whole epic Elite Dangerous broken thing and you need to up- update. Yeah, and that was basically buggered up for a while. It was buggered up for an hour and a half, and then it started working. Yeah, um, but that well, still that hour and a half was still enough to cause um, headlines all across oh, <laughs> some yes. of the websites. Yep. Uh, whilst it was buggered up, I thought, you know what, I'll try because I've officially done it and it's all registered. I'll try logging in as as Aid Plus Epic. Um, mm-hmm. And I got told by Frontier, please purchase Elite Dangerous so you can continue. I was like, ah, oh, box. <laughs> um, um, but then later on in the evening, I basically went on to the Epic Store. I hit the log me in button and it's like, congratulations and welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, you have so, to, um, did you have to install the game twice on your machine? I've, I think I've now got three installations of it yeah. on my machine. <laughs> I have. You know, I've, I've, <laughs> Yes, yeah. I've got <laughs> I've got the same. Okay, uh, yeah, I've got my I've got my Frontier installation, which is my main. I have my Steam version, which is an alt that I've played a wee bitty of, mm-hmm. and I've now got a, my free Epic one, which is my free Epic one, basically. Hmm. Um, so, can yeah. I just ask everybody who's who's got a, a an alt through the Epic account, mm-hmm. what did you think? of the new player experience because um personally for me uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it this is the first time I've actually gone through it properly even my steam alt even my my steam uh alternative commander was earlier before you know it was created before the new B area came into being so what were your first impressions of it I you know it's basically it's, I I did it by playing the same as I do in the main game Mm. And it's, it's I was doing mission running. Um, you know, I love the the initial welcome thing where you you know, you you get started up and you're in a in a gimp ship and you get your pilot's license. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that and I love how you know it's it's very scripted. Obviously, you you take off and a Type Nine flies majestically overhead. You come out and you've got the sun. Going shining onto the rings, and it looks absolutely crazily amazingly beautiful. Everything does look stunning, yes, it does look stunning. Yes, 
So. Um, and then I wish we could get those rings to fly through the main bloody game. Mm. I would, oh my God, I wish we could get that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure Alec Turner and various other people would like that too. What, uh, yeah. like, like race gates and stuff? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I got told that there is a, a similar, um, a similar uh, uh, installation uh, at, at one system. I'll look that up and, and see what I can with find. With the race gates? Yeah, the, with the race gates, apparently. This is just okay. a, I haven't been able to confirm it yet, but I will, I will look it up and find out. Can we, can we very quickly jump into other news? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so I, I think it's out now, I think. Um, Star Wars Squadrons has those race gates. Oh, uh, of course, this is the first of two major updates, which we no, wanted this to... No, this was in before then. It's had these racing gates. It's kind oh, of... Oh, right from the very beginning, little, yes. Yeah, yeah. a little hidden feature. Uh, so you know it's not multiplayer. I think you're just playing against yourself, but you can basically you fly through one of several courses, and you've got to you know you're, you're flying through race gates, and you've got to beat to beat the timer. Mm. Um, and I would love that in Elite Dangerous, especially if we could have it in open multiplayer. And oh my god, it'd be so good! Oh god, yes! I, I please, I, please, I, Arthur, I, please, Arthur, you're 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 our only only hope. <laughs> well, according, the... to, according to the forums, Commander Ashnak says that um, there's he's heard that the installation in San Tu, that's S A N space T U, is pretty similar to the uh, to the racing one. So, um, I think that's going to be our homework for next week to find out whether or not this exists. I think San Tu is the um, that's the PvP hub, isn't it? I have a feeling that San Tu is the is the is the PvP uh, emergent hub that they've chosen where they host all their games um in which case uh, it might be slightly deliberate that it's got race gates in it yeah and of course now that you've mentioned that the fact that he's got a little evil devil night next to it might imply yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can I'm we just fly over there now and if i die i'll let you know okay right. <laughs> straight that for the record i can't oh, believe oh, i feel for me, that <laughs> free anaconda there as well <laughs> no we all know it's a no it's not a hut and orbital because it's 100 credits there yeah <laughs> Uh, again, I'd like to just put forward the case for a bar called the Free Anaconda right next to Hutton Orbital, yeah, just absolutely. to saw a whole load of stuff. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I fell for that. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, in other news, well, yes, um, there's been a little bit of controversy, hasn't there? Um, it does look like there's an there's another space game. Seems to have generated a ship which looks remarkably similar to the very famous Asp Explorer. Um, for those of you who are not aware of Star Citizen, uh, they have now released a new ship. Um, and I must admit, when you look at the, the front view, it's practically the same thing. Has anybody else seen this? Because even David Braben's commented on this one. Oh yeah, I've seen it. They're even similar size. I know the the front profile is nearly identical, and the, interestingly, well, the, the um, profile, the three quarters profile is pretty damn similar too. Hmm. <laughs> and the um the the back of it has like little sparrow wing things, and the the Asp Explorer actually has a ship kit which replicates those as well. So you can make them look very mm. nearly identical. Isn't that a case that imitation is a greatest form of flattery? 
Well, it's it is true. imitation. I'm I'm not I'm not sure that like if you try and if you if you try and design if 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 I said to you design an original spaceship, you would be caught between the words original and spaceship because yeah. because spaceship gives you a certain set of archetypes that you sort of mentally dock at and uh, and and that inform your inform the shapes that you draw and original tries to you know that 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 tries to to stop you doing that and actually if I, i'm pretty sure that they designed what they thought was a um was a cool spaceship and over the over the course of iterations it ended up looking a little bit like the asp explorer um rather than deliberately setting out to emulate it not not least that i don't think that they would deliberately do something meme worthy well this is this is um an interesting point because uh we do know that there is uh, according to crash one of the uh the concept artists left frontier and went to work in CI, at, at CIG and since then he's left CIG and returned to frontier but um <laughs> which has raised a whole load of possibilities that you know there might be duplication of design, <laughs> the concept. Yeah. This is uh, Josh Attack, isn't it, Commander Badger? Yes, it is. I wasn't. I wasn't actually going to out him like that, Ben. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all public knowledge that he worked for Frontier, and he worked for CIG, and now he's working for Frontier again. So, yes, I, I don't think we're hiding him. Yeah, but um, yeah. the the similarity is is quite. Astounding. Obviously, Star Citizen really needs something, a ship that they can put in front of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite different. Um, the utility, I, the, the the Elite Dangerous one is a multi-purpose with an exploration bent, and the Star Citizen is one is a uh, is a freighter, I believe. Um, and Kai is, is right in chat that they are a very different size as well. The um, in general, the Elite Dangerous ships are much much larger than Star Citizen's ones. In fact, the the ships that are considered large in Star Citizen would probably be small in Elite. Um, the Karak in in Star Citizen is was released uh, earlier this year, I think, or late last year. is 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 a large ship, and it is um, comparably it's probably something like let me think. It's probably no. It's probably not as big as the Asp Scout. So the the ships in, in Star Citizen in general are way way smaller. Okay, because I was looking at the ship that's now on screen, and it's got a couple of people standing outside of it, and it looks from that screenshot to, you know, to it it looks like it's about the same size, but I could be wrong. It's, oh it's, no, no, it's. You get the the hint that it'll be the same size, but remember, the the Asp Explorer has a double deck. Yeah, it looks like it's a double deck cockpit. And the, the, <laughs> the cockpit, the cockpits in Elite are generally like conservatories. They're socking mm. great rooms made out of glass. The cockpits Especially in Star Citizen, ones. yeah, the cockpits in Star Citizen are more like windows that you sit behind. They're, they're more like the cockpits in fighter jets that we know of in the real world. So it, it's that that you you see the cockpit and your and your brain thinks ah oh, cockpit and that's a cockpit they they're going to be similar but actually one of them is the size of a house and the other one's the size of um you know slightly larger a small, than, than a, a small person. car yeah well, yeah smaller even do we have an interior shot of the Star Citizen ship we don't know no it's got a weird um does it fly with the back open or something I don't know like an absent minded uh, weekly shopper <laughs> like the Mandalorian. 
Yes. Right then. Um, well, I think we'll leave the development news aside. Um, there wasn't a Thursday stream this this week, uh, mostly because I think everybody was busy getting the um, the Epic Store up and running. Um, so we don't have anything to to really talk about on that one. Um, as far as the in-game events are concerned, uh, there have been three noteworthy pieces of news. Um, first of all, the Molinist terrorists have now attacked the Federation this time, this time to kill their captured activists before they could spill any beans on Marlinist operations. Uh, they're not really making friends, are they? Because <laughs> we've, we've got a station on fire, a Federation station on fire, with the same uh, bomb effects that affected the, uh, the Empire um, a few months ago. Now, the other important news is that the balancing has now started uh, and they've managed to cover themselves with this by saying that the commodity prices in are uh, have been affected oh, by market what you missed a very important piece of garnet news about lake about coordinates that was going to be number three oh, that's garnet said, news. you were doing the garnet news stuff sorry i didn't yes. realize you were doing that next I said there were going to be three items. I explained about the Marlinist terrorists. I'm just yeah. explaining about the commodity prices. Oh, I and thought then... you were moving on to the balancing. Sorry, my bad. No. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> so for anybody who is listening to Live Radio for the first time, um, you can imagine this is the level of professionalism that you can expect from Elite Dangerous' premier podcast. <clears throat> <laughs> this is us. This is just normal. This is how we. It doesn't get any better. This is absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a it very much reminds me of the Red Dwarf crew, and they're looking at the life scanner, going, "And we're <laughs> going to uh, live." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, commodity prices have been the the fact that they're doing the rebalancing has been covered by this Galnet News article, saying that the commodity prices have been affected by uh, by the market's instability which is referring to the current tensions between the Empire and the Federation. Um, I thought that was quite a nice way to uh, to kind of cover all these price fluctuations in lore. As far as lore is concerned, I don't know, it sounds a bit of a, of a MacGuffin, really. You know, it's a bit like uh, in The Rise of Skywalker where the Emperor says, oh, I've been here all along. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. God, yeah. I know. It's. Um, but I like the fact that they're they're actually using instead of saying oh, we're just altering the prices, they've actually put a a reason for it happening in in the lore. And of course, finally, as as Ben implemented uh, was was saying earlier, um, there is now a campaign underway because it seems that uh, Lake on Spaceways. Uh, is now the subject of a takeover bid by Core Dynamics. Now, these are two different companies that make ships. Uh, Lakin Spaceways, uh, they're famous for actually making the aforementioned Asp Explorer uh, and a few others. Not so much the Asp Scout, but let's <laughs> set about that. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not super famous for making the Asp Scout. No, no, they'd rather be in the... Uh, they'd rather forget people people would forget them for making the escort but um yes so basically this this is 
um, caused ripples in the manufacturing sector, um, especially as Lacon has been in partnership with the Alliance for several years. Now, the main issue about this is that um, the community has responded. The hashtag Save Lacon Spaceways has been appearing all over the place, which um, I, th I think that's fantastic. It's nice to see the community try and save the save the um, save a company. <laughs> I mean, do we have a do we have a mechanical way to affect that in game, or is it is it just expressions of goodwill at, at present? Um, like, is, is there a CG or or a or a poll anywhere? Not yet, no, not yet. But normally, when these th this, these pieces of news go in, it does tend to end up being resolved by some kind of event. Yeah, it does. Yeah, since the inter interstellar initiatives, it, they do tend to have a bearing on something sooner or later. Yeah. Am I the only one who thinks that if Lacon is in a weak enough position, they should just get taken over? You know, why, why are they special? Uh, it's, it's a good point. Uh, I mean, yeah, do, how protectionist do we want the elite dangerous universe? It's a good question. Well, I mean, it all depends on whether or not the Alliance sees Lacon as their private. Um, well, as as theirs, if you see what I mean, and you could expect them to step in. Uh, there's not not a uh, monopolies and mergers. No, true. Sir, you know, so you know, if they if they run their business in such a lame way, so they get taken over, then you know, why should they get bailed out? Well, sometimes you have a smaller, more efficient, and better company creating better products. And a bigger company will just buy them out to eliminate the competition. Lacon products aren't the best in anything other than looking like a scruffy student's flat in from the inside. <laughs> um, they what are Lacon the best at? I mean, you you, hmm, you make a good point. They used to they used to be um, I would argue, the best sorry. explorers, but they they've been pipped to that by uh, the Phantom, haven't they? And, Which is uh, also Lacon. The, the, the trait is the trait. I thought Craig the Craig Phantom, Phantom was. Is that not Falcon, like him? Falcon Delacy, mate. Okay, sorry. It just. Um, what about the What about the best cockpits? I yeah, um, best cockpits gives you the best view. view. Yeah. 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 Come on, let's say Lacon are the Amstrad of spaceships, aren't they? they oh, are, no, that's they, cruel. They are. They are like the the the, the Beko specials. You know, like the the, the, the really <laughs> cheap. You know, if I was to buy a Lacon ship, I would get it from AliExpress. <laughs> do you remember how? Um, do you remember how in the nineties, all video, especially real-time strategy video game, video games, had an American analog, which were all about technology, and then they had a Soviet analog, which are always all, all about big, clumpy, square-shaped tanks and people with moustaches barking things in an ursine fashion at each other. Mm. I kind of feel like Lacon looks like it's been made by a Lacon. <laughs> looks like it's the it's the ship company it's that the command and conquer <laughs> designers would have made for the Soviet Union in three three zero one. Basically, the re the red alert. <laughs> yeah, precisely that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is the state of the galaxy as of the moment. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's um. I, I do like the fact that we're still getting the you know the the content drops. Uh, I, th I think um, it's such a relief to have them, especially after the the um, content drought we had at the beginning of the year. 
Um, yes, we've also had a newsletter this week, um, newsletter 306. Now, it includes um, articles on the championship races, um, the Fatherhood podcast, another podcast? Aren't we good enough? Um, they also give uh, details about the Black Friday sale until the 26th of November, which is 30% off, and new Aspen Sidewinder skins. Surprisingly, about the Sidewinder skins, that's because everybody's flying one at the moment. So, um, yeah. It, it actually seemed to be quite newsworthy this, this week for, uh, for a change. So, um, <clears throat> what we're going to do is we will take a short break with a couple of adverts, and then we'll come back with the main discussion. Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. got so desperate that I'd almost resigned myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Carolyn McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning. Balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo, or the issuing of a death warrant. public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will, but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? And welcome back. Now, obviously, um, the main subject, uh, the big subject at the moment, is the game balancing, which is happening. Uh, currently in in the whole system. What we know so far, well, we know that the mining is getting a, a balance pass now, and we know that in a couple of weeks, uh, combat will be getting another balance pass. And when we mean balancing, we mean effectively 
um, the rewards um, for doing the activities are changing. The actual activities themselves are staying the same. Now, the reason that they said this is that they, they think that um, commanders make money too fast and race through the game. Um, so what's, your, what's everybody's opinion of how they're approaching this? I think it's great. I think um, uh, I'm really heartened by the thoroughness with which they are approaching it. I think they, I think they missed a trick by missing some obvious areas when they first discussed it and then ran the risk of looking reactionary afterwards. So, for example, they didn't include... Uh, so piracy is, a, is an obvious one. Piracy mm-hmm. has, has specialised equipment. Um, it is, it's been in the game since the very, very beginning. It, the risk of piracy is, a, is, a, is, is part of the fundamental threat of the elite dangerous uni- universe, and, it, and, it's, uh, and, and the existence of it is, is the source of most of the tension of... of, um, of your supposed life as a as a as a space trucker, um, but uh, but it is supported uh, by the game's sort of um, credit balance or economy very poorly. Like being being a pirate is 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 completely is a is a complete hiding to nothing. And uh, and although actually piracy is actually great fun, PVE and PVP. I've not done PVP piracy, but I've done a lot of PVE piracy, and it's great fun. It basically doesn't pay for itself. It's a complete waste of time. Um, yeah. And um, they completely left that out, which meant that they they attracted the ire of the PvP crowd, who felt like they were being ignored. Um, and um, and it also it, it risked looking it risked looking slightly ill thought through for everybody else. They also they also ignored AX originally. So you know, in terms of the uh, in terms of the the game's combat challenges uh, or, mm-hmm. or challenges generally, I think AX or anti thyroid for new listeners is um, is probably. The, the Thargoids are the game's stiffest challenge and they are um and they come in a range of different difficulty levels and some of them really are very, very challenging indeed. And there there is there is one in particular that only a handful of players have actually taken out solo, which is a re- remarkable for an MMO that only a handful of players worldwide have, have completed that content. Um and uh, but it pays virtually nothing. Um and um uh and uh and yet AX was completely left out of their original pitch when they said that they were going to be looking at a balance pass. Um, and um, and they since came back, and then myself and quite a lot of other people highlighted this and said, "Look, why why have you not why are you not including AX?" And and they since um, said, "No, no, we will be looking at AX." But th- they missed it out originally, which did look which which made it look quite reactive. But what they had been th- thinking about from from the get go, which they which they proactively decided to look at, was was um, the rewards from regular combat rather than AX um, and. Um, uh, trade and mining and all that sort of thing, which is which is brilliant. So so yeah. Long story short, I think I think it's very very good. I think they probably could have looked more comprehensively at all activities the games the game offers. And I'm still concerned that they're gonna that they that they're gonna leave piracy out, which will leave it as a slightly ugly duckling. Um, and um, uh, which, which is a bit bit of a shame, seeing as it's so pivotal in the fiction. Um, but uh, but broadly, it's really great that they're finally getting around to looking at this. I think. Okay, Shan. Um, yeah, it's been interesting watching what they are doing. I, I do agree AX has been severely underfunded because you can quite easily incur mm-hmm. as much repair costs as you can reward for killing a Cyclops or whatever. So it can quite easily cost you more money than, um, than the reward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the other thing is, and I'm sure we'll touch on the mining one later, is we've been saying for months and months and months, probably for two years, mm-hmm. that the way to balance mining earnings is to reduce the top end yep. for mining commodities. And lo and behold, after these months and months and months of study that they told us they're doing, they came they came up with what to me anyway was a blindingly obvious answer. <laughs> and for me, I'm a little bit frustrated because it's been going on for two years. So what you have is you have a we talked you how yeah, welcome to the new players and stuff aboard, but they've kind of missed the gravy train in a way because of yeah. it. And I just think there's now a two-speed economy where you've got the people who jumped on board the mining when it was easy and everyone else. Um, yep. I, I'm not sure I I like the split. Okay. Well, um, I must admit, I'm one of those people because I didn't, I didn't do the mining. I was busy grinding away the AX in order to get the, uh, in order to get the triple elite. I didn't um, do the mining. And- yeah, and the whole thing is um, <laughs> the whole thing was ridiculous because I ended up having to run missions in order to up my credits enough to uh, to actually carry on doing it. And but yeah, the mining at the moment is uh, yeah. Well, what they've gone and done is they've put approximate maximum prices offered by markets. On the following three uh, commodities, so P night will get you a maximum of six hundred thousand credits a ton. Low temperature diamonds will get you a maximum of seven hundred thousand credits a ton, and void opals will get one point three million credits per ton. Now, that's not the average results. That's if you manage to find a what is known as a gold rush. Um, I mean, do you think, Shan, you've said those levels you were happy with? Um, no, I'm glad they did it, but I, I think the levels are, fast, are still far too high for the amount of effort expended. I mean, I just noticed in one of our chats, you know, yeah, laser mining. Well, there's no risk to laser mining. You just sit there and, 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 and yeah, yeah. My, you know, it's, it's for one and a bit million credits. I mean, that's that's a huge amount of money, really, in terms of what it buys. And yeah, I, I think it's too much effort. It's too much money for too little effort, I think, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else, but th- this is this is my opinion. I, I think that um, the way Elite Dangerous is structured at, at the moment, the way you earn credits, I think it's too easy to skip over the, the, the early ships and then far too hard later on to get the um, the bigger ships up to to the level you need it to. It just feels like the grind is... There's no grind at the beginning, but the grind at the end is just too much. It depends on what you... I know we've gone over this before, but it depends on what you call progression. Because I would say getting a ship like an Anaconda is comparatively easy. What takes the amount of time is the engineering and that amount of effort required to get it, not competitive, but you know, get it, yeah. get it, get it to a level where it, it can defend itself it. against other players. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zen makes a good point: is how the hell do you pause you balance mining when laser mining works, but core mining is broken uh, because the pulse wave analyzer only works in reverse at the moment. 
what does reverse what does what, what does he mean reverse I don't understand that. well basically when you fire off the pulse wave analyzer um normally in in previous versions um the asteroids in front of you would all uh if they had uh, deposits which you could you could deep core mine they would turn different colors hmm. it seems that something a bug's got in where if you you fire off the pulse um the pulse wave analyzer it only lights up asteroids behind you hmm. so you're flying through the asteroid belt you're firing off your pulse uh your pulse waves and nothing's coming up Weird. but if you go yeah if you go into the external view you can see all these golden asteroids which are full of resources which you've just passed <laughs> that's, that's really strange it's a really strange bug um, it, apparently, it's a server buffer error, which is causes them to delay thirty seconds. So it seems like the ones behind you. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, bu- makes sense. Yeah. So, so it's not actually the reverse according to Kaizen. If you fly, if you fly at zero, if you set your speed to zero, fire it off. Is it then in front of you? Then it should. Be. Uh, yeah, if you wait thirty seconds. Yeah. So basically, but that's the problem with deep core mining is that. I've always found it's horrible unless you're moving fast. Well, it's also I don't I don't enjoy mining either. So, some people some people enjoy it. I think um, personally, I'm not super bothered by. It. I think I think um, I think Shan is probably right that we will that we will end up with a slightly two speed economy whereby players who who mined during the boom during the good years have more money than most players can hope to get through normal play. Um, but personally, I'm relaxed about that because I I don't feel like elite is a particularly depend on dependent on um, interplayer dynamics anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, and I, and I think that the 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 potential benefit from doing this balance far outweighs the cost of having a slightly two speed player base. Um, and and also, I, I think that generally there are worse things in life than than some players having legacy benefits that others don't um you know you could you could you could arguably say the same thing about kickstarter backers having benefits that other people don't you know you could arguably you, say the real same thing about real life um, yeah, yeah, families enormously. yes enormously, um yeah. who've you know they they got in somewhere on the other and the ground level went off and dug a couple of ro- a couple of railroads and look at all of a sudden you know they're running a country Precisely, yes. I, 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 I think that it, I think it's a small price to pay for a game which is fundamentally healthier and better balanced and more enjoyable for new players. Because new players, will, new, new players will also include all of us at some point. Like we, we, you know, I, I've I've just got one of these elite alts, and and Doctor Kai and I are about to start a new um, a new elite save where we both just start from absolutely scratch and experience the game completely from from cold. Um, when Odyssey drops, we're going to do that anyway. Um, I mean, let's face it, we'll all be yeah exactly so so you know arguably a a more balanced game is benefits everybody even even the people who um who have legacy benefits right um i mean do you like the idea that oh they're they're lowering mining but they're bringing um stuff like combat they're raising that up yeah definitely i i i mean dr um what am i talking about um arthur on elite week explained that the uh the axis that um that the game was balanced on was uh historically um about incentivizing less sort of thrilling activities by making them pay more 
um, I, I, I can't remember what the wording was, but it's, it's a fascinating interview. And he, he, he said that there, there had been a deliberate, um, there'd been a deliberate policy to make the, the games more sedate activities. I, I'm paraphrasing, um, pay more. So to incentivize people to broaden their experiences rather than just doing what he thought of as, you know, the most thrilling, the most exciting, um, things like, you know, bounty hunting or piracy or AX or whatever. Um, and, um, and this, well, I don't think it. Uh, it's. It is. It's like say, from now on, the uh, we, we're not going to pray, uh, uh, pay Lewis Hamilton and Premier League footballers one hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. We're going to give that same amount of money to fishermen. Uh, well, it makes it, it makes sense. Fishermen, but, you know, it's I, I don't know. It's a very strange way of balancing a game. To it makes to sense. Try and make it as is soporific as possible. That's not what they did, though. They, 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 what they, it wasn't that they were trying to make it boring. It's that they were trying to make sure people engage with the, with the bits that they thought of as less of a reward in their own right. Arthur used the phrase, you know, a reward in their own right, I think. I think that's, that's exactly what he said. And, and, yeah. uh, and he's right that some, some aspects of the game are, you know, I'm going to stick something on, the, I'm, going to, I'm going to watch something on the second monitor, stick some, stick some music on, re- relax after a day of work. And other things are seat of the pants excitement. Um, and I think that that philosophy that the game used to be built on makes sense if you think about the player experience, because most players will have engaged with all aspects, all gameplay styles, because they would they will do things like bulk trading or mining to finance doing the more thrilling aspects like AX, because you should, you're certainly not going to upgrade any ships just by scout hunting alone, are you? No. Um, so the... So I feel like the I, I feel like that admission in that interview was really telling because it it basically explained a lot of why I basically used to feel like I logged in and I could and I made the decision all right am I gonna am I gonna achieve my goals this evening or am I, you know make some money and get towards my next ship target or am I gonna have fun you know that th- that was the question I asked whenever I logged into the game and that is the pernicious aspect of the philosophy they used to have because you know that's actually not that helpful that, that's that's not that healthy you want a game in which you can achieve your goals and have fun at the same time. So I feel like this the, this new this new axis where they're balancing rather rather than essentially it being about boredom versus reward, it's now going to be about risk and skill versus reward. And that yeah. I think is a much much healthier situation for the game to be in. So the TLDR of that is the previous idea was you got paid for doing shit. Yeah, you got good paid for stuff that you wouldn't normally you wouldn't think of doing. That most people would think of as boring. Yeah. I mean, the the one thing that did get me was um, when basically you could earn so much money from mining. Right when I think it was Beyond, the last the, the last um, upgrade of Beyond came out, everyone went, "You're not going to nerf this," and it it seemed to me that you know that was being saved up for something else, and it was just eighteen months before we got the thing that we could buy with it. With the money you generated from it, I, I did feel that they they let the cat out of the bag too early. If you see what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, does anybody else want to have a got anything more to say on this? Yes, I mean, as I say, it, it'll be interesting to see what they choose to focus on. Um, although part of me thinks that the focus on big ships and credits and things. Is I know they're the thing everyone focuses on, and that's completely understandable. But whatever happened to enjoying the content because it's enjoyable, regardless of the reward? And 
you know, for me, that's the key to long-lasting gameplay, is you actually engage in an activity that may not be watching a number crank up, but it's just so fun, so engaging, and so enjoyable. It doesn't matter what the reward is, because, hey, you've had a great time with your friends. And that rather intangible and fluffy set of rewards, I think, is probably something I would prefer them to aim for than work out some notional idea of credit balancing. I, I agree with that broadly. I just don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I, I, I don't think... I, don't, I, I think that it should be possible for people to uh, to have fun and make their their notion of progress. Um, and, and for most people, progress in Elite is, is, is the progression through the ships. Um, it, it sh- they shouldn't be mutually exclusive, and and to be fair, the, the game is they're not entirely mutually exclusive. If you if you if you wing up with a few friends and go cyclops hunting, you can make reasonable amounts of money. Um, and uh, and you know if you do if you do wing massacre missions, you can also have you can have a quite exciting time and make a hell of a lot of money. But but by and large, the 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 activities that fulfil both of those goals are are few and far between. I think in Elite Dangerous and. Um, uh, you know, personal preference aside. So I think that I think what you say is absolutely correct. But I think that they they probably can. They're not mutually exclusive. There's a there's a healthy overlap there that they can increase. Well, I do know as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm definitely on the slower lane of the two lane motorway at the moment because uh, I didn't because I was concentrating on going after scouts, uh, Thargoid scouts rather. Um, I missed out on the big mining rush. So there's a lot of people I know who have got, you know, the big fleet carriers. And, you know, it, it does appeal to me to have a fleet carrier at some point. But I'm now looking at that five billion price tag and also the obviously the two billion on top just to keep it running for a year or so. And I'm there thinking that's too much now. Uh, it's not five billion, it's near a ten, to be honest, what you need for a carrier. But it, it's interesting also. Colin, I was thinking about that, is that if you'd have bought a carrier and you were out of action for two weeks in, with COVID or, you know, yeah. it wasn't, but it could have been longer, then all that effort you put in to buy the carrier could have been lost if you hadn't had sufficient money in the bank to keep it. Yeah. And, you'd, and you'd have come back from COVID and you'd have found it's just been sold off. Yeah, I know that's one thing that I've, um, that I've had to deal with in power play. Basically, um, because I haven't been playing power play, uh, my my rank within my faction just was non-existent when I came back, because obviously th- um, three power play cycles had passed, uh, and you know if you were at rank, if you were at rank three, that's it. You're you're right back at the very beginning. Um, it, it, this problem is is that they've got to keep a motivation. I understand that they've got to keep some kind of motivation for you to keep on logging in and keep on playing the game. It's just I don't know when when it does bite you, it does bite hard. Sue, have yeah. you got something about fleet carriers? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that uh, the um, so realistically, people who wanted to people who wanted to um, to get a, a fleet carrier within sixty hours, for example, which is which is the mm. the, the, the playtime most people expect out of uh, modern video games. Um, when fleet carriers were introduced, if you wanted one within sixty hours, you, you were realistically looking at at, um, at mining, core mining specifically, not even the full mm-hmm. mining experience. Um, and uh, and frontier uh, 
didn't sort of um, the, the, the way they put it was that they they wanted it to be for the most abs- you know the, the small percent percentage of the most dedicated commanders. Um, mm-hmm. Realistically, it's the it's the people that are willing to to put those kind of hours into that particular extremely specific gameplay. Um, it, this balancing, it won't, it can't. It, I don't think. It's easy for us to worry, like, oh, it's just it's basically going to be a mining nerf, and then fleet carriers will be completely unavoidable. I don't think it would make sense if they were completely unavoidable. Like, I, I've I've been wrong loads of times about elite, and it could easily be, it, it could easily be that fleet carriers are now completely impossible for anybody to afford. But I don't think they would do that with something that they were developing for for three years, and they release, and it's the flagship feature of this year. I don't think that they would make that completely unobtainable. Um, mm. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, yes, mining was nerfed a bit, but a lot of other things became a lot more lucrative. And actually, just through balanced, regular play, engaging with lots of different b- bits of the game over the course of a few months, got people mm-hmm. much closer to that five billion than we can currently by just normal play. Yeah. Well, we're going to um, to leave the balancing. Uh, for the moment because uh, obviously this is a work in progress and we're going to be following this very closely over the next couple of months. Um, There was quite an interesting um, comment made in the forums regarding the balancing. Someone had asked uh, Bruce uh, what his opinion was on, um, you know, open only BGS and power play. And he does, he's actually admitted that he does seem to fall into the, uh, I'd, I'd prefer, you know, that the BGS and power play is only affected by players who are playing in open kind of camp. That caused a bit of a, um, yeah, that was great. To a see. reaction. I was really, I was really thrilled to say that. It's really, it's the first time. I think it's the first time that anybody from Frontier has uh, has had anything to say on the uh, on power play and specifically the open question. Uh, mm-hmm. For four two, years, two, yeah. Well, I mean, when, when when did Sandro discuss it last? Was it 2016 or 2018? Oh, I'm sure it was 2016. Okay, well, in that case, yeah, four <laughs> years. And it, and 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 since then, like it, during the Will Flanagan era, it was all, all you'd hear about it was we've got nothing to announce on that currently, or um, you know, we've got nothing to say. That was the first time we've actually heard a CM offer something beyond nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's just his, we have to emphasize it, it's just his personal opinion that he would prefer to be the BGS and the power play to be open only. But um, yeah, that's, that, did, that did seem to set the cat among the pigeons. Um, and the second, <laughs> the second, sorry, go on, go on. No, go on, you first. The, the second part of, um, of his post was uh, maybe before long we will, um, we will revisit that question, which is interesting. Because you know, so him expressing a personal preference is one thing, but maybe before long we'll get to revisit that. Sounded a bit more of a hint than mm-hmm. uh, than anything else, and 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 that in itself is enormous news because some people like the uh, indomitable um, rubber nuke on the forums have been have been banging the drum for power play heroically for absolutely years, li- literally several years now. Um, yes, and um, so 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 a dev saying, you know. Maybe before long we'll we'll get to revisit that. It's it's pretty big news, I think. Shan, uh, you've got something to say? Uh, yeah, it was it was quite good to see the open power play come back into the uh, limelight again. I, I've never been against open power play mm-hmm. so long as 
they decouple the modules from the power plane because then because of the way the consoles work you know you have to belong yeah. to the, the ps network and you have to pay to get mm-hmm. the open experience or it, it is there's an element of pay to win there and i was always yeah. felt a bit uneasy about that because of that reason but if you decoupled the modules from powerplay what you're left with is you're, you're actually left, if you like, with a pure power play experience. Because I would wager the majority of people do power play just to get the shiny shields or the grom bombs or whatever it is they want. They're not in it for the gameplay for power play. They're just in it for the rewards. So quite true. Yeah. So if you decouple the modules from that mechanic, mm-hmm. you, you're left with almost like a game within a game. And yeah, I which is what those will be. Yeah, yeah. And, and open only, I think, lends itself to that mechanic if you decouple those modules. Well, I would actually agree with you and disagree with you in that in that case, because the main problem that I've I've always seen with PowerPlay is that they don't want to fo- to put any resources into it in order to fix it. Um, so my solution to this was actually a hybrid model where um, people uh, could actually still do the preparation part of PowerPlay, which is what they mostly do anyway to get the modules. But the expansion parts and the control parts of PowerPlay are only done in open only. So that, you know, you've got your you've got your mainstream PvP uh, loops right there. And it it is um but you know the the best way I've always thought was yeah I'll agree with Shannon and say, right, take the modules out, put them behind a uh, one of the um, tech traders uh, with um, a task equivalent to the four weeks of grind you have to do in order to get the uh, get the module, and leave the power play um, the power play gameplay play for the people who would like to play power play, not get modules. Because it's not really grind though, is it? I mean, it's how much is it? Prismatic shields, six million. You, you no, know, it's, it's not it's, it's, it's shields. It's it's um, you have to basically work up to level three, so you're at least at three four weeks. What? Well, you can you, you can get that by buying comics, can't you? You, you? you buy the pamphlets and you pay to accelerate the amount of which you can buy the pamphlets. No, no, but you. you you can yes, you, you can do that, but you've still got to be uh, pledged to a power for a certain length of time before you can actually get those there's things. No there's no difference. Your gameplay really is there. If you if you just choose to buy the buy the pamphlet, buy the comics, and do a a couple of cargo runs once mm-hmm. a week for three or four weeks, that's not really a grind, is it? Not not in the traditional sense because you're paying to speed up. Well. That's exactly what. Hang on. I, what I was saying was that you need to do something which is equivalent to doing that activity in power play. Yeah, I'd, I'd, go along with that. I'd, I'd go along with that. But I, I hesitate to call getting modules in power play a grind because it's it's not in my mind anyway. Uh, it, is, well, it is. It is a little bit. Yeah. It, it, I don't think. I mean, Shan, have you actually tr- done that activity just to get your prismatic shields? Yeah, I've got all of them. I've unlocked all of them. Fair enough. I mean, I, 
it, and it wasn't a grind. It wasn't a grind. I just loaded up my cutter and. Uh, Shan, you've got to remember you're unique in your opinion on these things. Yeah, you, get, you, 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 have, you have non-mainstream opinions on yeah. on this on terminology. I I, th- I think certainly the people on air, you've got a one one in four opportunity. One 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 in four of us thinks this is not a grind. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying we you know the rest of us probably think it's a grind. You're also you're also saying that it wasn't a grind to you because you loaded up the best ship in the game, which is hidden behind not only the highest price tag of any regular ship in Elite Dangerous, but also um, the, the very, top of, the very yeah. top of one of the rank trees. So you, you know it wasn't a grind because you are the, the most veteran of veteran players, basically. Yeah, I've played many other games and many of the MMOs, and there's been much bigger grinds in those to get. The equivalent thing. There's been there's been elements in there that's been so grindy, you almost tear your hair out getting them. And in my mind, in comparison with that, it's it's minor. I mean, you talk about the the cutter. Yes, it's behind the the rank mark and it's expensive. But to be honest, you can do it in a Python. You know, you just take you just take more trips. It's it's it, it, to my measure of grind. It's not a grind compared to you know compared to other games I've played. And I guess that's where I'm coming from. I think the, the, the PowerPoint modules question is interesting because they were, they, they were, they were inserted by... And, and Frontier, back in 2013, had no experience of running an online game. Um, and it's been slightly see-how-we-go with a lot of things of Elite Dangerous. And personally, I've, I've always said that Elite's development has is, is, is slightly been characterized by the slow and occasionally painful process of finding out what running an MMO is like. Um, <laughs> And I feel like the the it was it was designed um, with the idea that the modules would be interesting flavor for the people supporting the powers. So you know the, the idea was that they wouldn't define the playstyle of those powers, and they wouldn't um, give anybody an unfair advantage. They would just be an interesting little bit of flavor for the people who wanted to engage with that content. And obviously, that's not how MMOs work. And and what they were viewed as is tools that everybody should have and every player should be like Shan and have every single one of them. And um and I don't care what the cost is, I'm going to I'm going to do whatever it takes until I've got them. Um in the same way that everybody viewed engineering not as a way to have lots of unique components that were unique to them, but as a very, very painful way to absolutely max out a set of sliders. Um and um and I think that the only way to really accommodate that fact would be to do what people have suggested and that is take them out of the power play system and make those make those modules available from power um from technology brokers yeah i think the mod- i know it's a little bit of a di- diversion where we're going but i think the power play modules are really underused in the game because if you go to orissa space or if you go to um ashton Devel space especially when do you ever see an NPC ship with prismatic shields to fight against? When do you ever encounter an NPC ship with grom bombs or whatever? You, you never see the ships with the modules of that power. So it becomes a bit of an incentive then to, uh, if you want an easy time of it, take over a certain, you know, ensure a power gets a certain in a certain area of space because you know the stuff you're facing is going to be loaded out accordingly there's so much more they could they could have done with it rather than just leave it as a reward for being a postman they they do um 
the only ones that I notice are um, prismatics because they're very visible. Um, and I regularly come across NPCs with prismatics. That's head blow too quick. Yeah, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> I'm afraid to say, Shan. Um, judging by the chat room, you're definitely in a minority here <laughs> about the grind thing. Grind, so, you know, one person's grind is another person's enjoyment, and, and people have different tolerances to yeah. grind. I mean, on my my tolerance for grind, I would say, has traditionally been quite low. Um, which sounds bizarre looking at the chat, but yeah, it's individuals, I think, rather than a measure. Yeah, below if you if you do this ten times, it's not a grind. If you do it eleven times, it is. I don't think it's anything prescriptive as that. Um, yeah, this is an interesting question. Evil Evil Avon in the chat room has asked, "How does the current grind to get a fleet carrier compare to the original grind to get an anaconda?" and I feel that the anaconda was harder, but then again, didn't play that much. <laughs> uh, I would after Gamma. Yeah, I'll say after Gamma, getting a getting a cobra, and especially getting an asp, was seen as a lot of work. If you if yeah. you got an asp, then you know you were you were there. You'd made it in the first couple of in the first yeah. couple of patches, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think up until 1.2, um, basically, if you were flying around in an ASP, uh, people were scared of you. Mm. And uh, it was very rare to see a player Anaconda back then. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I know yeah. I felt that I'd really made it in inverted combat when I got myself a Type 9 and I was able to do like trips of sort of with 400 or 500 tons of stuff in me um, mm. and actually able to. And even then, I hadn't maxed out my Type 9. It was just like a, it was an E-rated or D-rated Type 9 just full of cargo racks and a jump range of about three light years. Yeah. I mean, uh, in my in my personal opinion, Evil Avon, I think that the fleet carrier grind going forward after all these balance changes are in is probably going to be worse than the Anaconda grind. What yeah. I, it, it might be... That combat and everything like that is going to suddenly easier and better. It, to be fair, the the, the past that you, you guys say that oh you know I remember when it was a real achievement to have the big ships. That you know arguably that's how it should be. Um, the the anaconda is a, is an enormous vessel, um, it's the size of a village. Like it it is it is probably right that there aren't very many. It would be great if you know it'd probably be appropriate if there weren't very many player ones and if and if having one was a real achievement. Um, that sounds a bit elitist, but. It's, um, but like, I don't think, you know, if the same was true of fleet carriers, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. If, if, if seeing one was, oh, wow, you know, that player must have, must have really achieved X, Y, or Z, I don't think that would be a terrible thing because, um, uh, it is the single most, ex- it's the biggest ticket item in the entire game, isn't it? If you remember your elite fiction, then it was only sort of Jabba the Hutt level of crime lords who had anacondas. Mm. Yeah. It was, that, it was that level of, oh my god, they've got Anaconda, they are the kingpin of this sector, or whatever it was. It wasn't, you know, it was just a big deal in elite fiction to see an Anaconda. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what was actually quite interesting, and I don't know whether Ben remembers this, but um, as the player gr- the players got further and further into the game, and all of a sudden players started were starting to be able to afford things like the Python, it turned out that the next ship up 
was so overpowered <laughs> that it had to be nerfed several times before the players moved on to the next one. Yeah, because the, the originally was you know he had this amazing shield strength. It was as maneuverable as a cobra mm-hmm. originally, and it had nearly as good a shield as an anaconda. Yeah, it was it was blazingly overpowered. But it was. <laughs> it, anyway. Um, on on that note, so there is obviously a little subject to to touch on with the uh, doubled engineered modules, but I think we've run out of time for this one, so we can we can move that one over to next week unless there's some new major uh, uh, reveal happening. Um, so over to the community corner. Well, we have the dark wheel update. Um, for those of you who don't know, the dark wheel. Uh, is doing the Dark Peel Initiative is basically a player group who is trying to expand the Dark Wheel uh, across the galaxy in an effort to find their base and or Raxler. Um, so at the moment, the Dark Wheel have now expanded from Paralek. Uh, and after that, they've got two more expansions to get to um, 509. Uh, and then we'll next expand to the Sol test site. They are currently working on climbing in Ark and Lave. <clears throat> yes. Uh, where they're number two in both the systems. Uh, and Kaizen, friend of the sh- friend of the show, uh, says, we fully intend to conquer the Lave system now and install Edleweiss Ben as the puppet emperor of that system, then get drunk Forget it and say it was a joke and spend the next year or so following his every order. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want Ben as in charge of Lave Station. I'm quite sure Alan would have something to do say about Shut that. Shut up and get on your knees. <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, you know, Python. You're back to the Python thing again. Oh, no. no, no, we're going to move on from that. So cheap jokes aside, let's move along. Um, now, this... I found to be incredibly impressive. Operation Ida has left its mark on the galaxy. Um, On the 14th of November, um, Operation Ida welcomed the esteemed commander Astro Snufkin back to the bubble. Now, Astro Snufkin has uh, departed the uh, Malthus terminal in the Pleiades sector uh, which is the home of Operation Ida, who, if you do not know, they are a fantastic player group who repair damage stations. Uh, they have spent them, they had spent 18 months repairing every single damage stations that the Thargoids had, had hit. Uh, and they did it with a great deal of, of determination. Well, um, this commander, Astro Snufkin, decided to play tribute to them by basically drawing the Operation Ida logo on the galaxy. Uh, so he did 31,081 jumps in a trusty Sidewinder with a 33.65 light year range. Uh, by the way, what's the tool that you can use in order to... Um, to draw on the galaxy, is it? Uh... I would argue it's called your frameshift drive. No, no, because if you if you look at uh, operation, how did, he, how did he plot it and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, how how do they actually get the image 
um, obviously he plotted the, the route, but how did what tool is used in order to plot so, the route? Basically, he went off and oh, we did this for what was that thing that we did, Suv? Can you remember? Was it the fuel rats? Was what, it, what? Like, remember we did something where we we uh, drew we you, we both drew a letter or something. Uh, anyway, we, we Suv and I have taken part in something. Not done it. So. Well, anyway, um, we've uh, got some. Yeah, basically, they, they they draw a piece of thing on on trace paper, and mm -hmm. then from that, then they then basically work out the galactic coordinates. Then they go off and look up where these galactic coordinates are to the nearest planet, and plot everything from there. Yes, uh, and oh, of course, right. yeah, and of course, their hyperspace route is then used as a. Uh, a template which you can then overlay on top of the galaxy, which yeah. I mean, and the stats on this are absolutely amazing. Jumps 31,081. Total distance uh, 924,576.24 light years. <laughs> I would have just that, rounded that's it up. Incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. nearly a million light years. That's been <laughs> astonishing. Halfway to Andromeda, isn't it? Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, although that's it is getting closer, Andromeda. Andromeda. <laughs> um, no, we're going to merge, aren't we? Target shrinking. Oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a a, a bang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, mankind will be able to cope with this at some point. But we'll we'll see. Like, anyway, I do like the sort of thing they do. Because um, it, it's very clever and it's very, it takes a long time and an awful lot of planning. Um, yeah. Seeing this sort of thing, you know, before I, I kind of inspired to do this sort of thing in my car because the, you can, uh, because as, as part of the logging, you know, for, 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 for the for the car, you can record like a lifetime journey. So the trip you've done here. Where he's done it in the galaxy, you can draw that on a map of the UK. Uh, so when we're allowed to drive around, I'm going to be plotting how to draw that in my car. No, you won't be plotting that, will you? You'll be plotting something else, like everybody does. No, no I'm not rude. <laughs> no, no, I haven't, I haven't worked out what the symbol is yet. But when the, in the lifetime map, I'm definitely going to draw an image in the country. Using the car when, when we're allowed out. Yeah, that does that does remind me of what the RE, the RAF and the, and the American Air Force had a had a bit of a competition to see who could um, draw the biggest um, phallic symbol in the sky. <laughs> All the pilots got reprimanded for it, but apparently the RAF won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. Um, yeah, they they didn't do any dockings, any repairs. Fuel rats or the hull seals were not called. Um, they used um, the FSD injection, but they didn't use any uh, any of the neutron superhighway. Uh, and the bottom point of the logo is at Pleiades Sector uh, HR dash one D one dash forty one. Obviously, the centre of the logo is Sagay, uh, and yes. He undocked from Malthus Terminal at the beginning of uh, April this year and then came back again on the 18th of November. So, wow. It's, it's just phenomenal. Uh, we also have a video of it being drawn. We will put the uh, the link in 
the show notes, so you can go to YouTube and and have a look at it. So there is yeah. one. There is Go one on, thing man. about that. Um, you mentioned, you know, he, he's finishing this thing up in the Pleiades sector. What can happen in the Pleiades sector? Thargoids, normally. Hyperdictions? Mm. Yes. Can you imagine a hyperdiction coming in and pulling you ten light years away from your bloody line? Yeah. <laughs> right at the end. It doesn't happen. They, uh, they, they hyperdictions pull you out in uh, rather slightly um, in non-space. Yeah, no. They, they, well, they hyperdictions pull you out in the in the system from which you jump. Mm. So it feels like you've 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 travelled somewhere, and it would be fun if they dumped you somewhere that you somewhere completely random between between your departure. Oh, I wish they would do that. But they I don't. They 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 always, they always dump you in the system from which you jumped. I believe. So it doesn't yeah, get, I wish they put you get out of a dodgy place. It would be fun if they did, but they don't. <laughs> well, according to Kaizen. The uh, Adronema galaxy is 1.3 million light years away at the moment. So, actually, he could have made it. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. Right then. Um, Well, fair play to uh, Commander Astro Snufkin. (laughs) Right. In other news, and this this affects us directly, um, Stuart G.T., Chief moderator of the Elite Dangerous Reddit group. Um, they are holding a competition as soon as Elite Dangerous, the Elite Dangerous Reddit group goes over quarter of a million um, subscribers. Now, <laughs> this is phenomenal because it wasn't long ago where it was, there was only about 10,000 people in it. But and that group has grown phenomenally over the last, uh, the last year or so. Uh, and um, one of the prizes that we're going to offer, uh, is going to be offered, is um, to be a guest presenter on live radio. <clears throat> God help you. So yes, we're, we're going to <laughs> we're going to offer one poor person the ability to join us at the Orange Sidewinder Bar and um, basically shoot the breeze. And, and tell everybody their opinions about what they're thinking of the Elite Dangerous Universe. <laughs> Please bring your own hand sanitizer and look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's enough to put, really like that's that's to put anybody off. I really like that idea of the prize. That's quite original. And <laughs> it means we have to do less work because they'll be really keen. And we yeah. haven't got. <laughs> yes, we need some enthusiasm in there. Oh, what happens if we get someone who will just talk about Blooming Star Citizen or No Man's Sky? Oh, no. <laughs> That'd be like every week, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, moving on again. Um, we have... Oh, go on, uh, Shan. You're, you're a bit busy. No, yeah, yeah, the ideal person to have on a ready would really like Guild Wars 2. <laughs> and drink... And just basically want to um, eject people out of airlocks. I mean, if we know anyone like that, then that'd be fantastic. <laughs> so, so if you like the equivalent of uh, making the elite equivalent of making people walk the plank, um, yes, contact Commander Shan here at Labour Radio. Well, Shan's basically going to get one of his brood to enter the competition. My brood? <laughs> I'm not Zerg. I don't have a brood. <laughs> You definitely have a brood. <laughs> one, one of, of the shadlings. One of your clutch of bugle piping offspring. 
Oh dear. Anyway, right. Let's let's move on before we, before we can. We, can I just point out to the rest of the queue, the rest of the crew rather that um yeah, Shan's offling off <laughs> offlings, if you like, are all trained to kill. So <laughs> they're Shanlings. <laughs> the Shanlings. The Shanlings. Deadly oh, Shanlings. Deadly Shanlings. Yeah. Right. Um. Now this has been talked about. Um. At the moment is. Uh, Distant Worlds 3. For those of you who are um, unaware of what Distant Worlds is, it is effectively the biggest exploration, um, organized exploration efforts uh, done by the community to go to far-off reaches of the galaxy. Now, Distant Worlds 1 and 2 have been categorized as, you know, big successes, and now they're beginning to think about Distant Worlds 3. Um, Ben, do you know anything more about this? I know a little bit. Um, so the short version is that they're talking about it. <laughs> they're talking about it with Frontier. They're talking about it with certain elite dangerous authors. Um, whatever they do, it's going to be once Odyssey out. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, they don't even know if it's going to happen when Odyssey comes out, or we might wait for Odyssey Part 3 or something like that in 2022 or whenever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. They need to see, basically, if there's something in the vanilla version of Odyssey that wets their whistle and does what they're wanting to get, is going to give them what they're wanting to get from it. Um, but if it does, then that's awesome. But if it mm-hmm. doesn't, then that's also awesome. It just means we might do it later. Or we might not. We've got to see what we get. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for all those, it's, it is normally um, a fantastic community event to be involved in. And, uh, yeah, fi- I personally, fingers crossed that it does happen. Um, okay, moving on. We, well, oh, as part... Oh, have you got something to say, Sean? Yeah, I put dots in. Uh, about the distant world. Sorry. Uh, I would encourage any, if it does go ahead, I would encourage everyone to go along and do it. I think I've done two of them now. And the amount of planning and thought that goes into it by the organizers is just staggering because what they do is they set a waypoint and it might be 5,000 or 7,000 light years away, which sounds a lot, but. It's no more than about three or four hours a week. And they'll end up an area or they'll on the route. They'll say, check out this place. Look at this planet. This has got this story attached to it. So you really, really, it's almost like a guided tour of the galaxy. And uh, it's very highly recommended to to go on it. Um, So I hope they do do it. I mean, if they end up at Beagle Point, I will be a little bit disappointed because that's kind of where they've ended up in subsequent ones um but yeah as an experience it's amazing so if and when it goes ahead please sign up for it and i promise i won't shoot you well we have we've got an update on on the um the plotting uh according to commander miggles um it's neither the uh, united states air force nor the ref that have managed to do the uh, biggest um, uh, phallic symbol in the air. That 
goes to the Australian national carrier Qantas, who had a flight do it, and we think in a seven four seven. So, <laughs> did it? Uh, did it have passengers on board? Um, according to this, they had a celebratory flight, which recently had a rather phallic route, route plotted. Investigations are now being launched into who plotted that route. So, yes, we, okay, we'll, we'll have to pass the, the the trophy over to Qantas. That's phenomenal. And silly. Uh, yes, moving on. Um, uh, as part of the... Um, Epic Store giveaway, uh, our friends over at HCS Voice Packs are doing something similar. The, at the moment, there is a free voice pack that's available for anybody who who wants it um, at the uh, HCS Voice Pack website. This voice pack is the lovely Kate Russell, who uh, did a voice pack as, I think, was one of the first voice packs that came out actually, um, and uh, yes, it's is well worth a, a a listen if you want to have Kate in, to, uh, you know, explaining how how the ship works and and basically. I think it's a Doris with. Yeah, well, Doris is a, is the electronic sarcastic one. Kate is the nice one, but she does occasionally have the uh, the occasional. Um, Can yeah, Colin. Pardon? It's actually sweet Fanny Adams to do with the black with the Epic Store stuff. It's to do with Black Friday. Yeah. Well, they they were they had timed it so to happen at the same time as the Epic Store. So you could get your free copy of Elite, and if you've got Voice Attack, you've got a free voice pack available to you as well. Okay. Kai's saying it's not Black Friday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we know it ends in a few days, but I thought it was done to start with in, in Black Friday. No, no, it, it's it's done uh, to match the timing of the Epic Store. Bit of everything. Bit of everything, I suppose, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'd also like to pass our congratulations to Mal for the win, for getting his Twitch partnership. Uh, Mal also uh, does a, uh, a podcast with uh, Psykit, uh, where they interview uh, commanders in the community. Uh, which is which is quite nice. I think was it flight assist? Yeah, that's it. Podcast. Yeah. Yep. Flight assist. Uh, yes, the flight assist podcast. There we go. Yes. So, um, and the, the the only podcast with a lightning round. I, I do believe. I do believe. <laughs> so um, now, last last week, <laughs> and the community question was a little dark. Let's be honest, and. <laughs> To the que- to the um, to the question, uh, what do you think should be on the gravestone of any of the Lave ra- radio crew? Um, you responded with enthusiasm. I think is the is the best way to reply. So um, <clears throat> the best ones we've got are: uh, where is my offline mode? Um, I really should have. Gone into salt mining. That's by Amy Edgar. Philip Morris gives us how much is the rebuy? Um, a certain no, psycho. A certain psycho cow p mad cow says we shouldn't have let Shan drive. What? <laughs> Gray McQueen says in Guild Wars Two. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Usher says error orange sidewinder. <laughs> John Fletcher says 
Lord New Commander, brackets, yes, no. Um, Alec Turner also adds, here's lies Shan. Turns out dying was not optional. (laughs) 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 Patrick Patrick Werner gives us, did you shut off the power to this vending machine? (laughs) We had uh, Senator Drew said, I warned them. Uh, (laughs) Christian Balak says, Shan did it. I'm feeling a lot of Shan accusations this week. Again. I don't know, Shan. Perhaps, you, perhaps your you, your reputation is is well <laughs> a bit of an eye opener for yourself at the moment. I know one of them ones was supposed to my epitaph was "I'm nice, really," which I completely agree with. I am nice. Okay, if you say so. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There, there are a couple of others as well. Um, yeah, I just paid for a free game, and Andy Webb has returned up with it's pronounced diesel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks everybody for uh, that. Those particular answers. Anyway, uh, we shall move quickly on to any other business. Has anybody got any other business they'd just like to to quickly bring up before I, I touch on Star Wars Squadrons? Yeah, just go for the eyes. Go for the eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, we discovered, um, well, rather, we've managed to show Ben that um, Boo the Hamster doesn't just exist in, in Baldur's Gate. He also exists in Mass Effect 2 and 3. And if you've if you've ever played the Citadel DLC of Mass Effect 3, you actually get to tell Boo to go for the eyes, which is absolutely fantastic. There is one final thing we do have to say is, unfortunately, um, friend of the show and uh, Hutton trucker extraordinaire, uh, and basically our, our main contact with special effect, Baz, uh, has had a, a, a stroke um, just, I think, last Wednesday. Um, thankfully, we've... Uh, we have had news that he is beginning to recover. Uh, and we at Leave Radio and the truckers, as, as they've already said, uh, mentioned before, um, we all want to send our wishes, our get well soon wishes to him. Because uh, let's be honest, uh, an ECM or a uh, LeaveCon is not the same without Baz and the, the special effect stall uh, over in the corner. And uh, yeah, he does an awful lot of work for the for that charity. So um, get well soon, uh, and we hope to see you at the next ECM or LaveCon. Which uh, yeah, Hopefully this year we'll all have so we should be able to go to LaveCon quickly. Um, any other business? Well, I'm actually over the moon because my other favourite game. Lately, Star Wars Squadrons has had uh, a couple of updates. So, in addition to uh, balance passes, uh, and in December we are getting the B-wing and a balanced version of the Tie Defender. In addition to a new dogfighting map, which um, we will be either able to straight dogfight in or uh, do the fleet battles. Uh, now, Ben. Are you excited about the the addition of the B wing? Oh yeah, the B wing is probably my second favorite. My my favorite is is and probably always shall be the snow speeder. But <laughs> the the B wing, the the B wing's basically you know is up there for actual space space combat. 
Yeah. Right. I well, I curious about these Star Wars Squadrons news because when they released it, they yeah. said, "Right, it's done." You know, no, nothing else is coming. You know, don't expect updates and whatever because you know it's done. So for them to add new content on, I think is encouraging. Was it free? It, no, it was forty pounds, which is no, no, no. Was the, oh, new, the was the yeah. new ships free? Oh yes, they are. That's really cool. I know. Um, it is a surprise coming from an EA game. Hmm. Uh, I mean, oh, the, the... have you not noticed though that EA basically goes in cycle? Like EA, the complete not a swines, and everyone says, "Oh my god, EA are such swine," and then they they go like, "Oh my god, everybody thinks we're really nasty because we keep doing loot box thing," and then they flick around for a wee while and release games like. Uh, Fallen Order and uh, Squadrons. I'm like, oh my god, EA are making really great games now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we make really great games. We we should do things and try. We need to monetize these. I've got an idea. Let's put loot boxes on them. Yeah. <laughs> I think if it was me doing it, I'd have I'd have we have to shoot a thousand players, and you had a slight chance of getting a loot box in which there was a slight chance of unlocking the DLC. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I might as well point out that my favourite Imperial ship, the TIE Defender, it has been balanced. So for those of you who have played X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and and X-Wing Alliance, uh, you will know that the TIE Defender is so overpowered, it's just, you can't really play anything else against it. So apparently they've gone and downgraded the TIE Defender so that... um, Rebel ships actually stand a chance against it, which uh, I can understand why. But one of the fun things about the Tide Defender is because when you fly in it, you feel like you are a god. That's <laughs> a very three, three wing thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They they actually brought it into canon in Star Wars Rebels, uh, which I I thought that the way they did it was really nice. But uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. So we've we got a, a entry from Commander Bitstorm. Here lies a commander that became confused while looking for the landing gear. He found the boost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must admit that um, there was there was something on massively the other day, which uh, or massively op. Uh, which is the website I I follow, where they did ask, "What is your worst oh shit moment in in MMOs?" And I've just said, "When you actually you hit the boost button when you're trying to dock by accident." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's so inevitable, isn't it? It's horrendous. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> moving moving back on, we're going to go do our, our shout outs. Um, obviously, we've mentioned uh, Baz, who's in is in good. Uh, spirits um but there does seem to be a very bad trend at the moment of people injuring themselves uh dave pearson who um is is mr head honcho over at the uh, <laughs> the hutton truckers he, he's he's gone and smashed his arm in about two or three places um so yes we here at Lee radio would like to officially call him a pillock uh, I'm glad to see he's managed to break free from the hospital and has been spotted walking around with a Twitch purple cast that Frontier Developments have specially gifted him for watching their stream even before it was broadcast. 
How did he break it? Um, Read up the paragraph, Colin. He's just slipped and fell. Dave Pearson, who's been arranging nice things for managed to slip, fall, break his arm in two places, and dislocated his elbow. He then managed to beat the hospital's rugby team, who had been trying to get things back where they should have been. Eventually, the hospital had to knock him out, allowing a team of the NHS, uh, NHS's best eight to assemble things correctly. He was, out, <laughs> uh, he was out, basically, he was out walking his dog, and then literally the NHS, they, 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 they were trying, and they did fail to basically... You know, they drugged him up and sort of loosened all the muscles and tried to get the arm back where it should have been, and that failed. And uh-huh. they basically had to put him under general anaesthetic. And a team of eight doctors, well, a team of eight people basically had to jiggle his arm back in place. Oh. <laughs> they used anaesthetic for that? They, they had to general anaesthetic him, yeah. You know, they tried normal anaesthetic and muscle relaxants and all that kind of stuff. And he basically was like, you know, you work your way from the nurse up to a slightly stronger nurse to, you know, right, let, come on, let's, let's go get all the porters in, lads. Yeah. <laughs> like, you pull them that way, I'll pull them that way. Stronger nurse. What's happening? So it's oh. a slightly stronger nurse, Hattie J. Something, you know, <laughs> matron. Yes. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, yeah. But he's fine now, the pillock. Yeah. Uh, another Hutton tr- uh, trucker, Eve Tolbert, has, has kind of managed to have an accident with her contact lenses and all of a sudden that came on the same I think the day after Dave Pearson and they're thinking, are the Hutton truckers all just trying to beat each other up? <laughs> just, I mean, poor um, for what I hear, Eve's on, on the mend as well, so yes, it does seem to be the, the week where everybody got hurt. Yes, so if you're a Hutton trucker don't get out of bed today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. On the subject of the Hutton Truckers, they are, are, of course, our sister station. They are broadcast on a Thursday at 8.30 GMT uh, in the evening. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want to to listen to them, go to radio.forthemug.com. Also, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. So if you want to be uh, have your you're bottom spanked by Commander Obi-Wan and the Musketeer, then feel free. Um, for those of you who like a literary, literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, um, please subscribe to our um, and our other sister podcast, The Data Slate. Uh, this has been created by our station commander, Alan Stroud, uh, for all your uh, fantasy and sci-fi needs, I think. I must admit, they they are going, uh, they're touching on authors I normally wouldn't have uh, even considered, and they do get you interested in not just the mainstream, but um, things that encourage you to try different uh, people you're not familiar with. Um, now, following on from this, we have our Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon. Well, we have the gal at News Digest. It's not ours. But um, yes, so hopefully he'll be following after that. And we would like to thank everybody who has chipped in on the Twitch chat, on YouTube, and on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> it's It's been quite, uh, quite amusing this week. So uh, thanks for that. Um, so We think it's been amusing. Hopefully you do too. <laughs> so thanks to everybody. Uh, 
for uh, joining in. But that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. It is up at facebook.com slash Lave Radio. Tweet us at Lave Radio. Uh, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash Lave Radio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, please be aware this is shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers, so bring your own deodorant. Um, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half eight GMT and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan, thanks to um, Suverine, and thanks to um, Commander Edleweiss, uh, and special thanks to today's tech specialist, <laughs> the Chris Mark IV. And until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 24th of November 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, an apology. 200,000 Sidewinders. Galactic Roundup. An apology. Galnet News Digest would like to start with an apology. You may have seen our recent video, Welcome to the Noob Zone, in which we gave some helpful tips for new commanders. Unfortunately, our usually high editorial standards slipped somewhat, and one or two facts were incorrect or omitted completely. Firstly, we incorrectly stated that the idea that you get awarded a free Anaconda spaceship if you travel to the Hutton Orbital Outpost in the Alpha Centauri system is just a joke. Well, we were factually correct. We should have made it clear to you 
that you can buy an anaconda there for the massively discounted price of 100 credits. For this, for this we, we are, are sorry. sorry. Secondly, we completely failed to mention the special starports that provide free power-ups. These are a special sort of Coriolis station with pods on the ends of extremely long arms that rotate with the station. Known colloquially as noob hammers, the pods are quite hard to collide with. But if you manage this achievement, you get a power-up for your character known as the Remlock Ride. Don't miss out on the opportunity, because as the name implies, the power-up is only available to new players. For this... For this we, we are, are sorry. sorry. We also forgot to mention Mitteran Hollow, a moon rapidly orbiting New Africa in the Epsilon Indy system. The view from the surface is an absolute must for new commanders. However, be very careful how you approach this fast-moving moon. As you can imagine, if it collides with your spaceship, your ship is very likely to be destroyed. So it's important that you orbit behind it and catch it up from behind. For this, for this we, we are, are sorry. sorry. We appreciate that the angry mob of new commanders who burned down the offices of Galnet News Digest last night may have had a valid point to make, although a message in the comments section of the video would have been just as effective. If anyone would like to come back to collect their pitchforks, we have quite a large pile. We'd also like to point out that the offending edition of Galnet Noob Digest was written by Commander Beetlejude, described by the Flight Assist podcast as the perfect mix of personality, focus and drive, who is also a moderator of the Elite Dangerous community on Facebook and a renowned space artist, and she really ought to have known better. What a spoon. 200,000 Sidewinders. There has been massive congestion this week, with reports of up to 200,000 Sidewinders in the Dromi system alone. Quite a few of the Sidewinders were orange Sidewinders, and there were numerous reportings of the so-called Braben Tunnel, where entering and leaving the hyperspace tunnel takes longer than the jump itself. A number of experienced players were observed systematically massacring new commanders as they emerged from the starter systems, giving them a nice break from their interminable moaning about how no one plays in open. Galactic Roundup. The story so far. The galaxy consists of the Federation, an organisation that can trace its lineage back to the government of the United States of America, and which governs from Mars in the Sol system. The Empire, which is based on Capitol in Achenar, uses slaves and has senators and bucket loads of scheming and plotting. The Alliance of Independent Systems, based in Alioth. The Thargoids, who live in the Pleiades, the Witchhead Nebula, the California Nebula and the Coalsack Nebula, and who are awfully nice, at least by the standards of eight-legged, chitinous space spiders. The Guardians, who appear to have died out millions of years ago, but who left advanced intelligence, technological know-how and a jolly interesting story, if you can be bothered to dig it out. And an awful lot of independent systems that belong only to themselves. The Empire is being attacked from within by neo-Marlinist Republicans. The federal president, Zachary Hudson, is in the middle of a scandal about his involvement in the attempted murder of his predecessor five years ago. The Alliance is quietly getting on with exploitation of barnacle sites in the Colsac Nebula, much to the consternation of the local Thargoids. Kepler Orbital in the Atropos system is on fire. There are people on board who need rescuing. The price commanders can earn by selling mined minerals has been changing, 
but it still remains a fantastically lucrative occupation. Many commanders who assisted the Alliance last week have been granted a super-effective frameshift drive that allows their ships to jump six light-years more than any ship with a Class 5 FSD has ever been able to jump before. By the time you're listening to this, you've just missed out on the opportunity to get a purple paint job for every ship you own in return for watching Stephen Benedetti being embarrassingly bad at combat. Oh. Speedball 4, a death-defying sporting event, has just concluded, with the winners travelling at well over 3.5 kilometres a second. Someone from Operation Ida, the organisation that repairs damaged stations, who clearly has way too much time on their hands, has drawn a huge Operation Ida logo across the entire face of the galaxy, in a sidewinder. As to what will happen tomorrow, we'll have to wait and see. That's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.